0: Welcome back to the MCU Exchange Podcast. My name is Caleb and we are happy to be back with you today on Groundhog's Day. It probably won't be Groundhog's Day when you hear this, but nonetheless, that's when we're recording. (laughs) As usual, I've got Adam and Rhiannon with me. Guys, uh, go ahead and say hi. And um, do you have any big plans for your Super Bowl weekend this weekend?
1: Hey, guys, I uh... I do not have any Super Bowl plans. I haven't decided which team I want to pull for. Um I've I've I'm a huge NFC South fan, but the Falcons are not one of my two teams. So I kind of want to root against them, but I also kind of want to pull for the NFC South and I don't know. I keep thinking it's Super Bowl
2: weekend. Yeah, I totally forgot it's football. What's that? I don't, yeah, I totally even forgot the Super Bowl is on this weekend. But I am going to a con. The <gasps> con uh. in the state of Iowa. There, It's not. <gasps> like a, it's not. Obviously, there's probably not going to be a Marvel TV panel there where they release a trailer, believe it or not. But I don't know. The guest of honor, some. Battlestar Galactica guy or I don't. I have never watched that show, Oh so it's not crazy, but it's the con in the state of Iowa. So I'm going to that Saturday and probably spending every single penny I have.
0: You should take the day off work tomorrow and just binge every episode of Battlestar Galactica, so you're ready. Because I think it is would it actually. Good? Exce- oh, that is one of my favorite shows all time. All right, Adam, that sounds great. Jumping into our news. Uh, We've got big news that hit today. You know, sometimes when you do a podcast, things come out like perfectly for a podcast or things come out a half hour after you record and you're a week late on it. Today we got lucky and we got the casting for Runaways on Hulu. Uh, That just happened, I don't know, four or five hours ago. We've got it on the website. And so that's going to be our first news topic. I'm going to run through the names of the actors real soon or right now. Um, that doesn't mean anything to me. It may mean something to you. I don't know. Here are the actors that they have cast. Um, Renzi Feliz is going to be Alex Wilder. Lyrica Okano is going to be Nico Minaru. Virginia Gardner is going to be Carolina Dean. Ariella Barrer is going to be Gert. And Greg Sulkin is Chase Stein. And Allegra Acosta is going to be Molly Hernandez, and that is Molly Hernandez instead of Molly Hayes. It appears that that character um, they're making a Latina character where she was just she was just a Caucasian character before. so um guys, you've seen the casting? Are you excited about it? Anything that sticks out to these uh, this decision? Do you know any of these people? What are your thoughts?
2: As as usual, I mean, I'm not sure I've I'm, I'm familiar with any of these cast members. I guess I'm not uh, a big watcher of anything in there. <laughs> kind of like what we I, I said last week. You know, I'm not familiar with them, and we kind of compared it to uh, Chloe Bennett type situation. You know, coming into the show relatively unknown, um, and I mean, she's probably now one of the. Biggest stars of the MCU. One of the biggest stars, I should say.
1: Yeah. Um. I. I'm. Well, one. I don't recognize any of the characters. Uh, I, I know them just from the headshots that was in that were there. I know the guy playing Chase. When I went to like follow on social media, he has like a million followers on Twitter. So somebody knows him. But the girl that plays Molly. And it looks like they're they're making her a Hispanic character, a Latini character. But when you see that headshot, that is Molly. That is totally like the big eyes and the young but spunky. I don't know. There's something about her face that looks just like she should be Molly. Um, all of them, to me, when I looked at them, I could see them as the characters. So... You know, as much as you can tell from looking at a face. I haven't had time to like really look into them, maybe find some of their older stuff, but
0: uh, I'm happy with it. Yeah, I think my one disappointment um, is that this property has always been great about being very diverse, and this cast is definitely ethnically diverse, and they're all, it looks like they're from different ages. The one thing that I'm a little disappointed about is that the the character that's playing Gert is um, the, the actress. Um, she's just a lot thinner than the character is in the comic books. And I just always kind of appreciated that they had written her in Runaways as somebody who was just a normal shape. You know, like so many comic characters are just these body shapes that no real human beings have. And so as a guy who grew up as a pretty big kid, like it was really cool to me to have a character that looked kind of like I looked in high school and I've loved too how they've done this with, um, Genki and the latest Spider-Man stuff. Um, and they just recently had an old X-Men character that came on and the two of them talk about being like a big guy in high school. And so I just wish that they had kind of kept with, that feel or, and I don't know, this actress might gain weight for the role or something, but it just seems like they sort of hollywood this character so that she's just a little more attractive and a little skinnier and a little more fit than the character that I remember. And that kind of bums me out because I think it hurts some of the diversity and it really even hurts the storyline a little bit because it felt like her acceptance by some of these people and some of her romantic relationships... We're turning certain tropes on their head and really giving her advocacy as a character. And I kind of hate to see that taken away by picking an actress that is, you know, very good looking for most normal people's standards, you know?
1: Word. I, I, yeah. But who knows how how she'll actually end up looking on screen. If they fluff her up or if they just try to turn her into the normal skinny character
0: well it's definitely exciting to see the cast in place Um, that shows us that it's just moving ahead you know if you were like a runaways fan and you've been trying to watch this happen since way back in like 2010 or whatever when they were going to make a movie and then they scrapped it it's got to be so exciting to finally see people in those roles that have been cast because that tells you the cameras are coming and so that's just really cool All right, Um, we're going to keep on moving. Um, We also need to talk about casting for Cloak and Dagger. So let me introduce this topic a little bit. If you're a regular MCU Exchange reader, you will know that we reported on a rumor that the cast of Cloak and Dagger was going to be two people that didn't actually get those roles. And... Um, all I would say is just, we thought that was good information that we had gotten. We had vetted it in a couple ways. We thought it was going to happen. It turned out it didn't. Um, that just happens sometimes. I know we had a story a while back about the director of Black Panther. Turns out they were talking to her about taking the film and the end, it didn't work out. So the information we got was good. It just changed. And so we don't know what's going on here. We always try our best to get you guys the best information possible. But um, in this case, it just didn't turn out that way. But um, always read our articles carefully. We always tried to say from the beginning that our info was still a rumor in our mind. And so it turned out it was just a rumor. It was not the actual cast. The two people that have been cast in that are Olivia Holt and Aubrey Joseph, Again, I don't think we know either of these people. I don't think it tells us too much. Um, do these guys look like Cloak and Dagger to you guys? Good enough. Yeah. They're human.
1: They, I, I, I I, didn't have strong feelings for the casting of Cloak and Dagger.
0: We're just kind of in this place where, particularly with like these properties of teenage characters, we just don't know a lot of the actors and actresses that are possible. And, you know, this is not a network show. This is not ABC. And so they're going to be casting people that we don't, you know, necessarily know. So let's talk about something we can talk a little more about, though. Uh, We also recently got photos of Sigourney Weaver and her role um, within The Defenders. It didn't tell us too much, but she's kind of in a limo. She seems to be wearing... Uh, some kind of vest or something. So looking at those <laughs> photos, do you guys feel like you have a sense of where the character's going or what she's going to be?
1: Yeah, you know, everything that we have seen with her character. I mean, the, the few little things that have leaked have just been <laughs> kingpin-esque. You know, she's just going to be this rich, powerful character. And I'm just hoping, guessing, that there's going to be far more to it when it, when we see the full picture.
0: Yeah. It kind of felt to me in these pictures, like there's a degree of celebrity, like unless they just happen to be taking a picture of Sigourney Weaver in her car. Like if this is from on set, it looked like she's somehow waving out the window at people who would be adoring her in some way, which tells me she's famous or she's a politician. She's not like Wilson Fisk is the kind of guy that nobody knows exists until he wants them to. But it seems like she's going to be a little more in the public eye. Did you get that from these photos?
1: I couldn't tell if it was that she was, um, you know, if she was like on screen waving or if like, I mean, we just see these pictures. These are paparazzi pictures. You know, like if the Defenders or Marvel had, if Marvel had released these pictures of her waving as if they were taken in character, but for all I know, she's waving at somebody there, you know, to come bring her a sip of water between takes and right. paparazzi kind of picture. So I did I mean that was that was how I interpreted the wave pictures. <laughs> but um She was just thirsty. But you know, she's there and she has like her frilly outfit and I don't know. I get a very keen pen vibe from her. Um talking about
0: news stories that we're not sure what to make of. Um, There's been a few rumblings of possible castings for Inhumans. And the one that's really happened is um, a woman named Alicia Rotaru. And it's kind of weird because she's, like, put on her Twitter that she's, um, she's, like, liking posts that have to do with Inhumans. And she's, like, showing photos of her working with the director of Inhumans on stuff in the past. And it seems like she's trying to drop hints that she's interested in doing it, but it also is not for certain that she actually is cast and she's done it in a way that like if we find out she's not, then they'll just read as like, Oh, I like in and I'm happy this is happening, but I can't tell if she's like trying to like jumpstart her career or if she's actually been cast in this. And so that's in the news as well. It's kind of weird. Um, we really should be expecting more of this. I mean, this thing's supposed to be start filming any day. Adam, Rhiannon, do you guys have any thoughts about Inhumans casting? I mean, it should be soon, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it, it would have to be. You know, I, I expected it by now, I guess. I mean, we're still, I mean, we're only seven months away from getting it, you know. Um. So it, it's picking up here. You know, the director of at least the first couple of episodes has been testing the IMAX cameras and and things like that. So they're certainly gearing up that one would think that they probably at least have some of the characters cast, Um, you know, but I I would think we, we get something next week or, or the week after at the latest, you know, and from what I've been able to see, there's, I mean, they're, pretty much keeping it under lock and key there hasn't really been much of any rumors or
0: murmurs or or anything of that nature at least what i've been able to, to see well i guess we'll just we'll just have to see what's coming um one other news piece i want to pick up uh, apparently black panther is going to be filming somewhat in south korea uh which is not unusual marvel now has tried to really branch out and film their movies all over the world, kind of give themselves a global global canvas. Uh, we don't know too much. Apparently, it's going to be a car chase scene. I believe this is the second time that Marvel will be filming in South Korea, uh, the first time being parts of Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, guys, as you just watch these movies, do you like that they go international, that they have all these different places that they're visiting? Or... um. Does it ever feel a little weird? I know as a comic fan, I kind of like how much happens in New York and how grounded it feels to kind of the world I'm familiar with. But do you guys like it? Do you like the globe trotting? Do you think they should try to fit in all these locales if they can? Or does it just kind of feel like, you know, pandering to international audiences for box office?
1: It always feels to me. I mean, I, I have never watched a Marvel film and thought, Oh, they filmed that there because, you know, they film that they must have filmed that there to Pander. you know, like the German, well, I guess the airport scene was filmed in Atlanta. But you know, they they filmed all over. i I don't feel i I feel like they pick their locations to match what they need in their film. And it never feels out of place to me. And I've watched shows. I mean, I used to watch a show on USA called Covert Affairs, and they would film all over the They would film like Marrakesh and Columbia and all kinds of places. And that was part of the scenery. Yeah, it was very intentional. And in this, I feel like it it very much makes sense in the Marvel movies when they are someplace. Yeah, for them to be filming in Scotland, that to me just makes me think, oh... I never realized that they intended for planets to look like Scotland, but I guess they will. And maybe they won't. Maybe it's some other reason that they chose there, but um, I don't think it's to pander at all.
0: Yeah. One of the ideas is that maybe they'll bring Dr. Cho back who um, had the technology that helped made vision and who um, helped repeat, uh, repair Hawkeye's arm in age of Ultron. And the only thing I can think of that would be awesome is if somehow he's going to South Korea to talk to Dr. Cho in order to get something to help replace Bucky's arm. You know, like that would be a really cool connection and that's something people would love to see and a lot of people want to see Winter Soldier in that movie. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen, but it'll be interesting. I think that it is cool that as they build Wakanda it seems like they're going to take little bits and pieces from around the world and kind of meld them together into one really cosmopolitan city. And so Wakanda at times is going to look like, you know, Asia. And at times there's going to be places in Africa and just the way they're combining those things, I think is really cool. And I'm fascinated to see like, how they bring it all together to look like one place, so that'll be neat. All right, uh, I think that's most of our major news. Um, let's go ahead and move into Agents of Shield. Um, last week, we were really mean to Agent of Shield. I know that some of you on the uh, comments on the website were not happy. You felt like last week we didn't give it a fair share. So guys this week. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. Were things better? Are we excited about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. again? How'd it go for you this week?
1: Thumbs up. I feel like they really um, everything this week felt very cohesive and it all came together and it moved places. I enjoyed the episode.
2: Yes, I'm going to give it, uh, I was going to say two thumbs up. I'll give it a thumb and a half. But it was good. It was. Uh, it was really good. I was kind of Shocked <laughs> to see the the Russian guy, uh, or I'm not even sure if he was Russian. The submarine guy, or whoever the guy was with with Radcliffe. Um, his past role I know him for wasn't too serious in uh, Shameless. I'm not sure if you guys are big watchers of Shameless, but that's just a off the wall show. So it's kind of uh, hard seeing seeing that particular character be a more serious role. But I really like the. Man, I love me some cane eggs. <laughs> Pat Oswalt is hilarious and uh I honestly thought they were LMDs. I really thought they were.
0: Yeah, I thought they were going to be too. Um it showed me like what a a little bit of humor can really do for a show. Like Pat Oswalt was so good and so funny. I, I mean, I like him just generally, but like this kind of This kind of meta narrative thing they do with him, where like he's kind of a comic book fanboy that also happens to be an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And so, like, he's kind of commenting on their world as somebody who really loves the show might comment on the world. Like, I just think that's really fun. I actually watched a My Little Pony episode with him with my kids. And he does the exact same thing in that episode where like he's commenting on the storyline the whole time and how ridiculous it is. And, you know, he must be in a TV show because it's written so poorly. So I just thought it was really cool to see him, you know, like putting the Darth Vader clock together and being so excited about fighting alongside Quake. Like all of those little touches just endear his character or characters to me. And it just made it so much fun that the episode really breezed along. Um, But going back to what Rhiannon said as well, it was also, it helped that this was just like one story. Like we didn't have three or four different things going on. We weren't bothered with Senator Nadir for no reason. You know, all the supporting characters were all working towards the same goal. I, I just thought that that works so much better on this show when it's about one thing than when it's about 30 things. And I felt like this episode did that really well cuz it was about the dark hold and keeping it in place and not losing it to Radcliffe which ultimately they failed in. Yeah. I, I do have one negative. Okay. and uh, it, it's very
2: very minor when uh, I don't I'm not even sure if they said the guy's name, the the guy that was with with Radcliffe when he was doing his little fan theory about Cole said. I think it was the very last picture he showed i'm pretty sure they actually used a still from the episode because it was when he was uh in prison talking to uncle eli and i thought like who would be taking a picture from that angle because it wasn't like the security cam angle or something like that it was like the the still we posted in like a news article or something (laughs) so i mean if that's my biggest complaint from that i just thought that was goofy i'm like who would have a picture like that, you know, of a face-on shot of Coulson out of jail? But
0: Yeah, I've heard the <laughs> oh, same well. complaint about the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer, that when Peter Parker's watching the YouTube video of himself at the airport scene, they're like, who is there getting that footage? Like, who's getting YouTube shots yeah. of this fight, you know? <laughs> like, that doesn't make yeah. any sense.
1: <laughs> Iron Man, he has a little camera in his suit. Like, hey guys, look what we did! <laughs>
0: You know, actually, it would be really cool if they started to play the Peter Parker photographer's thing. And it's actually Peter who had uploaded it to YouTube because he'd like set up a cell phone on one of the planes Ooh. to take video. That would be cool.
1: Would I like that
0: cool. theory. Um, we're getting a little bit far afield from S.H.I.E.L.D. Anything else particular about this issue or what or episode or what it sets up? Any more thoughts on the show in general, where it's standing right now?
1: I'm liking it.
0: I do too. How many uh, episodes left do we have in this pod? Only a handful, don't we? See, that's really interesting because I know we have an episode next week uh, entitled "Boom," uh, or was this one called "Boom"? It was
1: the next yeah, one this? This week was "Hot Potato Soup," which makes oh, sense. Nice. Like they were playing hot potato with the dark old. Oh,
0: ah. there we go! I really ignore the episode titles altogether because I usually they're usually fake outs to make me think something that's not real, so I just ignore them. So yeah, next week is boom, and then there's an episode called "The Man Behind the Shield," and that's the last title I think that we've gotten, which suggests to me that that's probably the end of um this pod. But I don't know if that's that's for sure. I'm gonna go here to Wikipedia. I'm sure they'll be able to tell me that info, but
1: I'm not sure that they have explicitly stated that this is the end of this pod, but we haven't gotten any information beyond, which makes me think that we've assumed that this is the end that these six episodes make up this arc. So and the um, thing is, Wikipedia oh, yeah.
0: is telling me there's an episode called self-control. That's going to come out February 21st. So apparently it's at least one episode longer.
1: Cool. I mean, I think eight would make it an even third of the season. Do we have 24 episodes in the season? Uh,
0: 22. Uh, 22. Usually. Yeah. Yep. So okay. seven, um, seven would make it an even split seven for this and seven for the next one. So.
1: Okay. I mean, I haven't seen anything setting up the next pot. That's what I started to wonder about. Like they started setting up the LMDs a few episodes, I mean, throughout the Ghost Rider arc. So Yeah,
0: season finale of last season, really. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So are they setting up? I mean, is it setting up to be a dark hold-related arc? Is it setting up to be so, the Colson the Coulson coming back thing.
0: I don't know. So Chloe Bennett this week had some comments about like the next arc is going to like change everything and mess with your mind. And it's going to really be pleasing to fans of the show who've watched since the beginning. Uh, the only thing that I can figure is that Radcliffe and Ada and the dark hold are going to just send everything into like an interdimensional time travel bonanza. And that at some point Ghost Rider is going to pop out of that interdimensional soup to help them save the day. And so that the last one is going to be kind of a mixture of Darkhold Ghost Rider stuff and L stuff kind of coming to a head, the two parts. But that's just, I don't know. That's just me guessing. I have no idea what it's going to be. They certainly haven't broadcast to us what's next. Like they did with the LMDs. All right. Is that what we've got on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., guys?
2: Yeah, that was actually really good. You just left me speechless.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jumping into our main conversation now, Uh, we've got kind of a lull here. I am hoping that next week on the podcast, we're going to be able to uh, talk about some trailers or at least some trailer Uh, We think that we're going to get a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 trailer at the Super Bowl. Uh, We're also hoping that Iron Fist will drop a trailer sometime in the next week or two. And so our hope is that when you listen to us next week, you'll get uh, us breaking down either of those or both of those. But this week, uh, as we're still kind of waiting for those things to happen, it feels like Marvel really hasn't totally read the engines yet for this year. We thought we'd just take a minute to talk about a bigger issue. We like to do this sometimes and take a step back and look at what's going on with the MCU. And the question for me that we want to talk about a little bit is, um, can the MCU grow? Is there space for it to grow? Or has it kind of reached um, its maximum market, uh, so to speak? And I kind of want to get at that by talking to the three of us here about how we got into Marvel movies and stuff and how that developed because I think that can be kind of an interesting story that we all come from different backgrounds it's one of the things I've realized working on the website so Adam go ahead and start with us uh for us just how did you get into comic books or how did you get into MCU movies and what did that journey look like for you
2: yeah so growing up my dad uh when he was probably the age I am now he, he started collecting comics and all that stuff and and as a kid, I, I always knew he had a pretty big comic collection, uh, and I'd read some of them and all this stuff. I remember one of the first ones I read, I picked it up, and I'm I'm not sure how old I was. Kind uh, of too old. I'm like, uh, wow, this is crazy, Dad. This is the first issue of Wolverine or whatever, and I didn't really think much of it, but... Now that I actually collect comic books, I know how much that Incredible Hulk 181 is actually worth, you know. So fast forward however long, uh, I've only been into comics mm, two, three years now. Hardcore, hardcore. I mean, I've always been into the nerdy and geek culture my whole entire life. My whole background's in web dev, so... I'm a I'm a nerd, but uh, I've I've really started to get into comics and the MCU proper actually. Um, right about the same time I started getting into comics, I think uh, CNET put out uh like a infographic of how to watch the MCU or whatever. Um I think at the time it was right before Daredevil probably. Um, maybe even before that but I actually sat down with both of my parents and we watched the, the whole MCU, I guess in chronological order and, and the rest is history. And we still do that. Now they're, they got behind on Netflix, um, but they're catching up on Luke Cage. Now we just, uh, we kind of have a, a book study of sorts when it comes to the shows I've already watched and they've watched. And we just, uh, they just got past the episode where, uh, Cottonmouth and Black Mariah had their little incident. Um, so that was pretty tragic. But, yeah, it's kind of a family deal here, you know, especially now that I, I got a new job and moved back home. We're all all excited for it. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. My dad's probably more excited for the con this weekend than I am. Oh, he's all, all sorts of pumped and stuff. But, yeah, we we collect together. We We watch all this stuff. My dad's very adamant we're going um, to Guardians 2 on opening night, so he's he's already ready to go. He's probably going to go uh, put his tent outside the movie theater and get ready for it here in a couple of weeks.
0: Awesome. Rhiannon, um, we'd love to hear your story, too. I know um, for me, I was, I'm always interested in people that didn't grow up with it at all, and that's definitely true of you, right?
1: Yeah, I I never read comics growing up, and it's a weird thing, because to me, it was just one of those things, like, you people that read comics read a lot of comics, and they're obsessed with it, and it, I had this mental picture of, you know, like, the guys on the Big Bang Theory, that, like, when you're into it, you're really into it. And that it was something that you couldn't get into, but I don't know. Just sort of like it was too late. But when Daredevil was getting ready to come out, my friend and anybody that follows me on Twitter, like my friend shelby, the, the the she's a huge fan. And we were we she's a friend of mine, and getting ready for Daredevil. she was just so excited for Daredevil coming out. And I'm just like, what the heck, like, how do you, you don't even, and she had never read a comic, and I was just like, well, yeah, the little stuff she was sharing, I was excited about, and I was like, well, let me see what's out there, and I actually, instead of going to comics, I went to fan fiction, and read fan fiction based on the comics, and I was like, well, this looks pretty cool, let me see, like, if I can download a comic, and I went to Marvel, and they had a couple free downloads, So I downloaded, you know, the couple of free comics that were available on Marvel, and then I saw that there was Marvel Unlimited, where you could just pay like ten dollars a month. So I was like, oh well, I'll do one month, you know, membership and see what's going on. And in that weekend, I mean, I I read two hundred Daredevil comics in one weekend. Like, it was so, I ended up reading so much. It was so funny because a friend of mine, like, you know, a month later I reemerged, and she was like, what happened to you? You just like, suddenly, you just dropped off the planet. I was like, I discovered comic books. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> like, And I mean, I live in Research Triangle Park. I mean, I live in home base for nerds in general. Um, so she was just like, "That's a very odd decision." Do you want me to introduce you to all my nerd friends? Like, um, but yeah, no. I mean, just, and I haven't been able to just la- latch on. There, I have never read at that speed or that many comics. And I was going through a really horrible time, like with work and everything. So I really needed an escape. Um, but I jumped in, and then like Adam was saying, you know, then I had to watch the whole MCU in order and a friend of mine like that really knew the MCU and's really big fan of the MCU she was like you cannot watch winter soldier until you get to that point in agents of shield and just like threatening me so i i watched i watched all of it in order except for agent carter i i didn't watch agent carter in order yeah because i wanted to get to like the big stuff later um yeah. And so here I am. That's really cool.
0: For um, For me, I was trying to actually trace this back. Uh, it all starts with Pizza Hut, I think, for me. I don't remember this super clearly, but I i mean, the, there's some of it I remember clearly, but not all the details. Uh, they did this thing for a while at Pizza Hut where if you ordered like a large pizza, they gave you a VHS with like the first or second episode of X-Men, the animated series. And at the end of it, there was like um, a Q&A with Stan Lee and I think a couple other creative people where they talked about how they created the X-Men and why the X-Men mattered. And they talked a little bit about the civil rights movement and Martin Luther King and the way they had worked that into Professor X and all that kind of stuff. And I just remember watching it because it was free VHS as a kid. And I loved X-Men, the animated series. And so I started watching that every week. And then I started watching Spider-Man and I got really heavy into it, like in middle school to where we were going to the comic book shop every week. And I would have like a pull list of like eight or nine titles a week. And my parents were spending way too much money on it. I'm still amazed now looking back on it, that they would just like drop the hundreds and hundreds of dollars that they were paying out almost monthly, you know, for this stuff. And then I got to high school and it wasn't cool anymore. I wasn't interested in it anymore. And I just stopped. Like I kept watching movies. Um, when Spider-Man or X-Men would come out into the movie theaters, I'd watch that, but I wasn't really into it. And I was even pretty done with the movies by about the time Spider-Man three came out because that movie will kill your interest in comic books pretty strongly. And so like, I was just done. And one night, um, when I heard they were starting the MCU, I thought it was insane because, like, who cares about Iron Man? I could not imagine a world in which Iron Man would be a character that could float a movie franchise in any way, shape, or form. But I'd heard good things about it. We had Red, Bo- or we had Netflix, where we got like one movie at a time, and so we were constantly renting something. And my wife and I were like, "Okay, we'll watch it." Um, and she's, my wife has always been a big Hulk fan. So we we're going to watch that one too. And I just remember thinking, wow, these are really good. And so slowly i started watching them earlier and earlier. Like those movies I watched six months after they came on to video. And then the next couple, like Captain America and Thor, I watched like as soon as they came out in video. And then Avengers was the first one we bothered to see in the movie theater. And then we saw Iron Man opening night and now, you know, we're at the seven o'clock on Thursday showings, you know, to like be there the moment they come out. And it all just is like pulled me like back into that stuff. Um, I don't buy comic books because it's just I don't find it affordable. Um, but, you know, I do the MCU Unlimited or Marvel Unlimited thing. And so I read all the comics that I want just six months behind or whatever. And I've gotten back into it and now, you know, I want to buy Funko Pops and collectibles and, you know, I've gotten into my old action figures that my parents kept and all that kind of stuff. And I think for me, it's just, you know, I got to where I was 30 and I've got three kids and a job and a house and like all that adult stuff. And I just wanted something that, like you were saying, Rhiannon, was like an escape. And so it was really exciting to have something that was fun and made me feel like a kid and helped me to just be, uh, be somewhere exciting and fun and that didn't have any worry in it. And so that's been awesome. And then gotten into this thing with a website and all that stuff. So that's really, that's been kind of my story um, of getting back into it. Um, I have a couple of questions kind of based on these stories. Rhiannon, I'll start with you. As somebody who came in as an adult, is the MCU somewhat friendly to people jumping on that don't have a background or is it really intimidating? Like, is this a problem for Marvel that people feel intimidated to try to start?
1: I don't think so at all. Um, I mean, I might've hesitated to watch much of it. Like I had maybe seen Iron Man. Like, I think I watched it on a plane once or something Um, before I watched the whole MCU in order But one, I mean, what you were saying about Iron Man, like, being hesitant about that, for me, being a non-comic book person, when they brought Iron Man, when they were like, we're doing Iron Man, and they cast Robert Downey Jr., I was like, oh, this must be, like, on par with Batman. This must be, like, one of the top heroes of Marvel. This must be a big deal. Like, obviously, they've brought Robert Downey Jr. back into the spotlight and, and, and doing this movie. I never, for one knew that he was a character that anybody would doubt having a movie about because I didn't know anything about it. Um, but I, I found it all a very friendly process. And I think that was also part of the reason that I didn't jump into comics earlier when I might've been interested. Because I remember enjoying the X-Men movies in in like the early 2000s um, was that I expected it to be an unwelcoming community and – and the movies to be too in depth and too much that I'm missing, but no, I found it. I I found it. They they tailor it well to everything, and all the people I've met have been incredibly friendly.
0: Yeah, Adam. You know, you were talking about going to a convention and having a dad that's a collector. Um, Is Marvel losing losing people at the back door? You think like are the hardcore guys still really excited or? Is there ever a concern that, like, the MCU has hijacked the comic book world?
2: Yeah, I I mean, the hardcore fans are are always going to, are the ones that are always going to find something to nitpick about, you know, me personally. I mean, I'm not sure I consider myself hardcore, hardcore. I mean, I'm the type of guy... I didn't think Suicide Squad was that bad. You know, I thought the ultimate cut of BVS was was actually pretty good. I, it wasn't, you know, it was watchable, right. you know, and, and in terms of the the MCU stuff, I mean, I, I've absolutely loved everything they've put out. You know, I'm some people kind of bring up to the idea of superhero fatigue and all that stuff, and I don't. I don't think we'll ever get to that point, you know. I, I really don't. We the it started what just over just under ten years ago now, um, you know. And by the time by the time this many movies progress and people kind of start getting tired about it, you know, there there's almost a whole new generation that comes in and, and starts watching it. I won't say a whole new generation, but uh, so many more new people are are coming in and watching it. You know, I mean, both of my parents, (laughs) you know, they're both retired and they absolutely love the crap out of it. You know, they're watching Luke Cage, (laughs) you know, it's quite unbelievable that they're actually that interested in in the product. Um, So, I mean, I, I think they'll keep on going for, however long we can go, you know, whenever, whenever they stop, it's going to be a sad day, but hopefully I'm still not around when they decide to do it. You know, hopefully it keeps on going for years and years and years and years forever.
0: Yeah. It's interesting when you talk about next generation, uh, I think a lot cause I've got kids like, are my kids getting into this or is this exciting? And they definitely have good brand awareness right now with kids. Like, All of my I have a daughter who's in first grade. Like all of her classmates know who Spider-Man is, they know who Captain America is, they know who Iron Man is. Like even more than when I was a kid, Marvel has a lot of characters that are in the public consciousness of like the elementary school crowd. So that is really cool to me. Uh the one thing that does frustrate me about like Marvel's attempts to kind of connect with new fans is The way they've handled the toys and, like, girl toys, you know, like, I know sometimes people may read that as, like, you know, like, the latest crusade that someone's on about, like, equal representation and, you know, plastic action figures. But for my kids, like, it really matters. Um, DC has started this thing called, uh, it's like DC Superhero High or something like that. And it's like Supergirl, Batgirl um Bumblebee, uh Wonder Woman, and they're all like teenage girl versions of them and like in high school together. And they do the toys and they do dress up stuff and they do animated movies and like my oldest daughter has been like, "Dad, I think I like DC better cuz they just have a lot more girl stuff." And it's like driving me crazy, you know, like she's <laughs> very aware of this stuff. And so she's, like, ticked that she can't get a Black Widow or Scarlet Witch mm-hmm. action figure. And if there's no, like, girl stuff on the shelf from Marvel and there is stuff from DC, like, that's where she's going to go. And so, I don't know. I'd like to see Marvel be a little more aware of that fan base and that issue just because, like, I would love my kids to grow up with it too. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely something that I think is is handed down from generation to generation because my girls have now watched through those old X-Men animated shows that, you know, I watched when I was a kid. And so it's kind of cool to, to share that stuff with them. Do you guys think that we've reached the pinnacle with Marvel? Like, do you think this can get bigger or do you think we maybe hit the ceiling of, of how big this, this franchise can grow?
1: I think as far as the MCU, we're branching into you know they 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 did the general public with the movies and and with agents of shield and then they hit like the edgier seriousness with the with the netflix shows and i think the like you said the children with runaways and cloak and dagger they're they're reaching out to a whole new area And who knows what that could lead to. So I think it still has room to grow. I don't know. Maybe there's another market that maybe there's like a daytime soap market they could still try to go towards. (laughs) It wouldn't surprise me.
0: Adam, any thoughts on that? If there's anywhere to go from here?
2: Oh, there's so many interesting characters, you know, that they haven't even. Even introduce, you know, of course, we have, like you said earlier, who would have thought Iron Man to kick the whole thing off? You know, who would have thought Guardians of the Galaxy, but we're talking about We don't have characters like Moon Knight, you know, with with a character like Moon Knight, it's it's uh, when not if, you know, because it's there's got to be a Moon Knight property or or at least an appearance sometime, you know, and and Blade and one would think Ghost Rider, you know, and and, I mean, eventually, maybe maybe X-Men and Fantastic Four, you know, probably. Probably Fantastic Four before the X Men, you know. Uh, but there's just so many properties they haven't dug into, you know. Like the other uh, last night, I cranked through uh, like a six issue um, Supreme Power Nighthawk series, and it was kind of uh, his his uh, nemesis in there was a clown, and Nighthawks essentially Batman, you know. So it was way too. Batman and uh Joker for me, you know, it was almost exactly like them, but the story itself, I mean, I was just like this is like a Marvel version of Law and Order SVU or something, you know, and, and that source material, you know, and I mean, we're talking Nighthawk, we're talking probably one of the lowest tier characters uh, Marvel has to offer, you know, but I they're they're going to freeform. They're going to Hulu. You know, Cloak and Dagger, and Runaways. You know, there's talks of new Warriors. I mean, there's so many characters that that they still have to do. You know, we have Black Panther coming. We have Captain Marvel coming. You know, we have a second Ant Man coming. We probably have. Uh, a third Guardians movie. We probably have two more Doctor Strange movies, you know, and we have all sorts of Netflix properties. and And by the time they go through one run uh, of all this new characters and material, and you know, I think it's inevitable at some point. Uh, you know, we start seeing characters reintroduced that w- with different actors or actresses, you know, if, if, uh, God forbid, you know, a cast member pass away or or not want to do it anymore, you know? Um, so yeah, that's a really long answer to say, no, I do not think Marvel's going to run out of ideas.
0: Yeah. I I think though, what's interesting, I I think you guys kind of hinted at this. For me, I think there's still room for Marvel to grow the breadth of what they do. You know, I think there's ways to go into new markets and to reach new people. And, uh, you know, they haven't really messed with animation. I know Sony's talking about doing a Miles Morales animated movie. Um, But I don't know if they'll go deeper. You know, like, I I think that they'll find new categories and new places to build content that new people will watch. But I I don't know if we're ever going to see... The kind of home run we saw with Avengers, you know, where it's just like where where the the box office for one film is so staggering and people are going back over and over and over. I I think we're going to be into an era where it's about diversification and about hitting lots of different markets and TV and film and internet and all that kind of stuff instead of hey, can we possibly get our movies to go to a billion and a half dollars instead of a billion dollars? I think that would be kind of a mistake um, because you're just going to keep upping the ante. Now, I may be wrong. Infinity War might be a $2 billion movie, but um, I just don't know. I don't know if there's going to be that depth. I don't know if it's ever going to be able to be the kind of cultural touchstone that like Star Wars is. Because when you think about $2 billion movies, there's been like three of them ever. And so, I I don't know if there ever is that depth that's possible, but I think they will definitely expand to new places. And that's the way that they build new markets for themselves. Um, In the past, we've done this feature that we call uh, If I Was Jeff Loeb. And uh, we weren't sure how long the podcast would be today. So, if you're hearing this, that means we wanted to make it a little longer. Um, And what we want to talk about today is possible Netflix shows. Um, Netflix is always expanding. We went from. Um, four single seasons and then Defenders to a couple shows getting renewed for second seasons. Punisher has been added, but people are always um, postulating what they would like to see added. So guys, I'll just, I'll open it up to you, Rhiannon, I guess we'll go with you first. What's um, one thing that you would like to see come to Netflix? What one property you'd like to see Netflix develop?
1: I, I, I like the idea of white tiger. And I feel like White Tiger would fit well into the Netflix universe. So White Tiger being, I'm not sure I understand you. I, I know White Tiger because it inter, it interacted with Daredevil, um, which I think would be a cool way to bring it into the, the MCU, do a backdoor pilot type thing like they did with Punisher. But um, it's a character, a Hispanic, am I right? Yes. I believe, yes, that has a special amulet, and that amulet gives the wearer powers. So one person has it, and this one person ended up being defended by Matt Murdock in court. And on the steps of the courthouse, he was murdered and, like, I think died in Matt's arms or right there with him, and it was one of these big things. And then the next person took over the amulet. And that's just sort of like a scene that I would love to see in the MCU. And then move on to having, uh, it was his cousin, I believe. And, and that's, I'm sorry that I like don't know all the white tiger details, but... I remember seeing the character a lot and enjoying that character and that it was a woman that took over and so it would be a chance for them to have a Hispanic one as a lead in a TV show and it could be in that same universe, the the New York City universe that they've created down to earth and um, run with that.
2: Yeah, I kinda I kinda spoiled my answers earlier, you know, the the biggest one I think we'll probably end up seeing is Moon Knight. Uh, you know, with Mark Spector, yeah, I, I think I would be really, really surprised if we don't see see that sooner rather than later. You know, it's just such a demanded property, and the the material is just just really great. I'm not sure I've read a, a run of Moon Knights that I just flat out didn't like. You know, some of it's so-so, but. It's mostly all good, you know, it's, uh, could be an opportunity for some really mind boggling stuff, you know, especially, obviously they probably won't draw on the newest stuff, but this newest series, um, you really don't know what's going on with his mental illness and, and what he's doing and, and so on and so forth, you know, um, but the 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 one thing I really wanted to see that I'm actually surprised that it hasn't been confirmed yet is Heroes for Hire. I cannot believe Luke Cage actually got his own second season again. I figured they would have partnered him and Iron Fist for Heroes for Hire or something. So that's actually kind of the first thing. On my want list, you know, I would much rather. I think uh, Mike Holter as Luke Cage would be better served alongside Iron Fist, you know, in, in a Heroes for Hire. But looks like he's getting a second season, so that means Iron Fist is probably getting a second season. And uh, I guess we'll see after that.
0: Yeah. The other property I know a lot of people have talked about is... um just the idea of Ghost Rider and moving Ghost Rider over—I don't know if I want to see a Ghost Rider show, but I do think I would like to see a like Midnight Suns team-up show. Uh, it's weird because I'm not a big horror guy, but I think you know as we've talked about markets to go into that there's something untapped there as far as making like a seriously scary, frightening Marvel show. You know, like uh, you can't watch this with your kids because they'll have nightmares kind of show or you can't watch it by yourself because you'll get nightmares kind of show. And I think it would be really interesting not just to do Ghost Rider, but you can add in like Morbius and uh, Blade and just, you know, do the vampire thing, um, do the monsters thing. You could even um, call it like Strange Tales or Astonishing Tales or like one of those old campy horror books that Marvel used to produce Um, and bring in... um, I always forget if Man-Thing or Swamp-Thing belongs to Marvel. Do you remember which one? Man-Thing. Okay, so yeah, bring in Man-Thing and do something really weird with that. I think it would be kind of cool to see just something really dark and, and scary... And something that's, you know, even the Netflix shows, the characters kind of have these redeeming values. But take something that's really heavy, dark, noir, like exploration of the darkness of the human soul. I, I just think that would be interesting. I just it's a way that they can go that they haven't gone before. And I think it would open them up to new audiences. So. I think that would be really kind of interesting. All right. Um, as we start to wrap up now, I think um, time to take a notice of our fan mail. And so does that sound good, guys? Sounds yes. great. All right. Um, we're starting to get more and more interaction. We love that. Uh, every podcast or we do, we get some more listens to than the previous one. We thank you guys for supporting the show. Uh, I always forget to say this, but... Um, if you will subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a review on iTunes, um, go ahead and leave comments on SoundCloud or like us on SoundCloud or listen to it on the website. Um, leave us comments on the website, any of that kind of stuff. When we tweet out the link for the podcast, retweet it, like it, hashtag MCUX pod back at us. Any of that stuff, uh, helps us to grow the show. So um just going through our comments real quick um, at Steve Simmons had talked a little bit about our theme last week of who should die in the MCU. And he said, not sure anyone should die, but I wouldn't mind Nick Fury being killed off. Does so that seem like a good pick? You guys think Nick Fury should die?
1: I thought that was a great idea. A lot of people have talked like about, and here I go making it the Netflix universe about Claire Temple being the Nick Fury of the Netflix universe. And we have talked enough about Claire Temple possibly dying to bring the defenders together. So it makes perfect sense that Nick Fury could die to bring the Avengers back together. Yeah. I don't want him to die, but I I was impressed by that theory. Yeah. And
0: it could really close up that storyline too. I think as far as like, he brought them all together. I can see his like dying breath being like, you know, don't cry for me. I've succeeded with what I needed to do as far as bringing them together to save them from Thanos. So that would be pretty cool. Um, also on Twitter, uh, at Alvin Marufo. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Just said he loved the podcast and keep it up. And also a thanks for the shout out from uh, Mr. Jack Hammer which I am guessing is not a real name <laughs> but nonetheless it
2: could
0: be. Uh, it could be. That would be if his parents last name was Power or er, Hammer and they named their son Jack. We need to give like a certificate of achievement to them. <laughs> That's a great idea. Um pulling up from the website, uh we actually got quite a bit of feedback last time. Um I'm sorry, I'm scrolling. Uh Dylan thought we were too mean um on Agents of Shield, so did average gamers. Sorry, guys, we just we just didn't like it. No, it was the mighty Pengu. He was the one that really thought we were trashing it too much. But you know, you like some, you don't like some. We liked it more this week. Hopefully, you guys like that. Um, Hype in Human Sixteen was talking about how Tony's uh, arc is moving towards him dying, and that made some sense um mp was also saying that thor would be a decent one to kill kind of like we were saying last week because he could pick up the hammer and um follow in his footsteps so that is the comments from there and real quick i should have done this ahead of time i'll pull up the soundcloud Uh, if you guys have not known you can go to soundcloud.com and look up MCUX exchange we're there uh, we got three likes last week from some people who, yes, from, uh, I think that's Jack Hammer. He's got a a name I can't pronounce. And then Alan Blaylock, 17 and Octavio Fernandez, something that got cut off. Solano. So thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Thanks for the likes. Uh, also, I said I would, you know, give a Shout out to a random country every week who listens to our show. So Adam and Rhiannon this week you were listened to by someone in Latvia. Do you guys even know where Latvia Uh. is?
1: Yeah, it's it's. Oh, gosh. What if I'm wrong? What if I say I know where it is and I'm on
0: the hook now? Yeah.
1: Is it Eastern European? I would think so. It
0: sounds Eastern European.
1: Yeah,
0: if you're from is it where Doctor Doom is
1: from? <laughs>
0: yeah, that's actually part of the reason I picked it, is it sounds like where Doctor Doom is from. I believe that Latvia is the real country that Marvel took and tried to turn into a fake country with uh, Latveria. But, anyways, Latvia, if you're listening, you know, send us a tweet and let us know where Latvia is. We appreciate you listening, and you have uh, a great weekend. Enjoy whatever's going on in Latvia this time of year. So.
1: Meanwhile, I'm going to look at a map. I'm not just going to wait for a tweet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, everybody that listens to us. Uh, We've been doing the shout outs and stuff just because we want to, uh, I don't know, do whatever we can to pay you guys back and thank you for being part of the show. So um, I think that's it. I don't think we have anything else to talk about. Like I said, next week we're hoping to have trailers to talk about or at least a trailer to talk about. So getting ready for Guardians and that trailer that's probably hitting at the Super Bowl. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.